Ducks fans, are you ready? You are listening to the Ducks and Pucks podcast. This is the number one home for Anaheim Ducks talk and analysis. Here we go. Welcome to the show. This is your host, Mike Walters, along with my co-host, Eddie Richard, and we are finally back. I know it's been about a month, and there's plenty of news to talk about with the Ducks, all kinds of uh, coaching changes that we're going to get to. We have the expansion draft and the entry draft coming up. We're going to discuss that. Some league news as well, and some Eichel roller coaster action. Is he going to get traded? Is he not? Is he going to go to Anaheim? Is he going to go to some other team? We'll break down all that, too. Plenty of stuff that's been going on in the last month. Before we go into that, Eddie, uh, what have you been up to? I heard that uh, you went south of the border on a trip uh, during this last uh, break between our shows. Yeah, I actually got my passport because I wanted to like, venture out and travel more. So my buddies took me to uh, Cancun, Mexico, which I guess I, I know I'm Hispanic and stuff, but it's just, I grew up here and I've never been traveling on vacation outside of the country. So that, that was an experience. Like, I first landed there and got there. It was like a kind of a culture shock for me. I was just kind of like, and everyone's like talking to me, like assuming I know Spanish, which sucked. Thank God my buddy had uh, his girlfriend there too. She used to speak Spanish, so she was able to like communicate. But it was an experience. It was really fun. I had a great time for that week. I, I just, it was awesome. Uh, I drank from the morning. I woke up till I passed out at night for those five days straight. I, I just couldn't complain. It was a great experience to do. I, I want to travel more and then. We also went to a, an island called Isa Mojeres. Uh, we had to take a ferry over there. It, it was kind of cool to see like authentic Mexico on that island and then seeing like one of the beaches they have there, which is probably like, the most beautiful thing I've seen in my life. It was just like great. I met a lot of great people from, from all over the world, like different states. It's just, it, it was just it was surreal. And it's memories that are burned into me forever. The only negative thing is on our way back, we ate at the airport and we got food poisoning. The silver lining is I'm pretty sure all the weight I gained on vacation I lost. So I, that's, I, I guess that's the positive, but it was still worth it. We had, we had a great time and I, I think, I don't know how many times I was telling people Cerveza and Al Liquor, but <laughs> it was just, it, it was an experience and I loved it. And uh, thinking about going to Spain next month, I have an opportunity to do that, so I do want to travel more, and that's that's going to be my next goal is just to experience the other countries more. I know I, something weird about me. Everyone asks me, like, where I really want to go. And this kind of sounds weird to say, but I want to go because it's so forbidden, and I want to experience that. But I do want to travel to North Korea and, and spend a day in their country and see that. I, I know that sounds weird. It's scary. It's scary for me to say that, too, and to be there. But I, I think I, I want that experience to be one of those, those really few Americans that actually can – be at North Korea and experience that. So, oh, that's cool, man. I mean, you you sound like you had a lot of fun. You know, you went down there, like you said, doing international travel and all that kind of stuff it was uh, fun. I uh, wasn't really as exciting during this time as you were. I just went to a couple of Angel games, so that was about it. You guys saw my posts on there on the Fourth uh, of July and uh, a couple of uh, you know other dates. Um, just watched uh, Otani hit some home runs, so that was my excitement for this time in between. 
And then, uh, of course, we watched the uh, Stanley Cup playoffs, right? Uh, last time we talked, we talked about pretty much just the first round, and then uh, now everything's all done. Uh, the uh, Tampa Bay Lightning ended up winning the Stanley Cup in uh, five games. Um, and, it, uh, you know, I don't know. I had really mixed feelings about this, Eddie. I, I don't know if I was uh, happy or not happy. Like, I, I mean, a part of me was rooting for Perry in Montreal, and then, uh, you know, you had Tampa Bay, and they had won before, plus Tampa Bay was way over the cap, which I know the rules allow that in the playoffs. So I had mixed feelings. Uh, I wanted a good series. I was hoping it was going to go far, whatnot. It didn't. It only went five games. Um, so, I, I mean, you know, and then you got uh, Patrick Maroon with winning three cups now, too. So it's like, okay, is that the secret weapon to win the cup now, or what? what's the deal, right? So, I don't know. What, what did you think uh, about the playoffs in general or the Stanley Cup final? Um, any takeaways on it? It was good. Uh, you have to really tip your hat and give credit to, uh, to, to Montreal. Like, they... No one expected them to even make the playoffs, and every time it's like next round, oh, they're gonna get killed, they're gonna get beat. I they finally ran out of steam a little bit, uh, come at the final, but you, you really can't like you can't you can't blame them. They gave it their all. Each one of the players came out to play 110 percent. Carey Price was unbelievable. That, that guy, I really hope he wins the cup before he he's, he retires. But it, it, you know, I, congratulations to Tampa Bay. They worked hard for it. They came out there. They came to play. I guess Maroon's their, their their secret weapon to win. So whoever wants to win the cup, sign Maroon. You know what? Honestly, too, Mike, if he doesn't re-sign with Tampa, whoever wins the cup or whoever signs Patrick Maroon next season, I'm probably gonna just go to Vegas, put hundred dollars that, that, that they're gonna win the cup. Like for some reason, she's bringing that good luck. Like to like to any team, Buffalo. If you're out there and you want to try to win a cup, you better sign Patrick Maroon. But um, I think the best thing about like the whole Stanley Cup for me was uh, Kucherov's post-game comments. He came out there extremely inebriated, chugging a beer and tossing the can with no shirt on, and he's just calling out Vegas, saying that you know Mark Andre Fleury shouldn't have won it, and he didn't even call him by name. He's like, oh, like whoever that guy is in Vegas, like, and then he starts talking crap about the Canadian fans, saying they acted like they won the final last game. It was just. I know a lot of people got upset and called him classless, but I thought it was entertaining. I thought it was funny as hell. Just like another drunk Ovi. And it was just, it was really entertaining. And people always say they want more personality into the game. And he brought that. It just was fun to me. And and, and everyone knows, you guys have been listening for a while. You know, like I'm more you know, kind of old school mentality and like that class. But I didn't really think he did anything wrong. He was just, he's being that villain, being that bad guy. And it's that comments, it's going to be like, like kind of a, a little rivalry between Montreal and Tampa Bay now. And I guarantee every time he goes to Montreal to play against them, he's going to be booed really loud. And I think he's going to like that and it's going to energize him. But I, I thought it was decent. They played well. I was hoping it'd be a little bit more games, but you have to tip your hat off to Carey Price. I think he was like, he was the reason why, a big reason why that they just kept going and fighting and having a chance. Like they knocked out some heavy teams, including Vegas. So, uh, if you're a Canadians fan, if that's your second favorite team you like, you, you have to be proud of them and really just hold your head up for them. Yeah, you know, I I was bummed because I actually bought tickets to Game Seven, uh, Vegas Montreal, 
because it was on a Saturday and I wasn't working and I had it all planned out. I even had my hotel. That was like my, my big trip, <laughs> I guess, planned between these last two shows, right? No Cancun for me uh, or anywhere else. Yeah, yeah, yet. But but I had it all planned. I was all like, okay, cool. We're going to, you know, game seven. Let's do this. And then when Montreal won, I was like, really? I was like, man. And then I, you and I were talking about it. And you were like, well, hey, you at least save money. I'm like, yeah, I saved about $1,000 between the hotel and the tickets. So I guess that was the silver lining, Eddie, though. I was bummed. I really wanted to see a game seven in person. Yeah. You know what? It's funny because that, that, that's all I spent on my trip. Those five days, like it was, it was an all-inclusive resort. So that was cool, but I think I only spent like pretty much a thousand dollars for the whole trip. So it was like, like my buddy's a real like shark at finding the best deals, finding the best flights, and he really grinds it out. He watches videos. He sits there like scouring the internet. So when prices like go down or they fluctuate, he'll get them. So I have to like, give him a shout out, give him credit because that's not bad. Spending just a thousand dollars for a week vacation, and even when we went out of the resort, I still spent money doing all that stuff too. So it was. Just, like everything total was just about like, about that. So that's that's awesome, dude. I, I mean, you you had more fun than I did. I, I kept it local. I had I had fun with the uh, like I said, baseball. But yeah, you went um, to baseball on Fourth July though. I'm pretty sure it was a good fireworks show. Uh, no, you know what's bad about that? Oh, it was a mind. day game. I know, oh. I know. We were we were talking about that too, and we were like, got the tickets because we had been to Angel Game on Fourth of July. I don't know, three four years ago or whatever. And then I realized it was like a 105 start or something like that. And I'm like, oh, man, there's no fireworks. We're like, we should have gone the third because Saturday is, is those of you that do follow baseball and are Angel fans as well as Duck fans know that they have fireworks on Saturday nights. So I was like, damn it. I, I didn't realize that the game on Sunday, I wasn't really thinking about it. I was just like, oh, well. So, I mean, it was fun. Don't get me wrong. We saw, like I said, Otani belt a big-ass home run. The, Ducks came, uh, the Angels came back and won in the uh, ninth inning. Um, but, uh, yeah, I, I, just crazy, uh, exciting. So, but with this stuff, yeah, I was bummed. I wasn't able to go to game seven, kind of frustrating, um, that it happened. But, uh, like you said, hats off to Montreal. They really played well. Uh, you know, Carey Price put them on their back and whatnot. Uh, I, I was hoping, like we said, for a little bit of a longer series, but uh, or even Terry winning a cup again too. But yeah, that's a lot of you out there were commenting on stuff. You you all wanted Perry to uh, to well, a lot of you wanted Perry. I don't know about all of you, but a, a lot of you did. Um, you know, hope to see him win. We you know we saw the play where he got hit in the face and he was bloody and and whatnot. And there's a lot of that going on in, the, in these playoffs too. Um, so it was exciting to watch. It was fun, you know, watching Vegas and Montreal series. I, I watched that one till the till the bitter end, and then uh, watching the Stanley Cup final. So, uh, of course, hockey's done, over with uh, for now. And uh, you know, we're going to look forward to the uh, expansion draft and the entry draft, which we'll talk to and just uh, or talk about in just a minute. But uh, the Ducks did do some stuff in the last couple weeks. Not maybe the stuff you expected. They didn't, you know, go out and get a big name player or anything like that. But they brought in a ton of coaches, and uh, I thought this was interesting because they brought in three assistant coaches. They brought in uh, Jeff Ward, who was the uh, coach of the Flames. Uh, you know, he'd been known for his power play there. He had, you know, an average about 20% efficiency in the, in the two seasons that he was the head coach. Um, he's really big on the uh, zone entries on the power play. He likes the 1-3-1 configuration. He doesn't you know, uh, fancy the dump and chase, thank God. Then you had uh, Mike Stothers come in. 
Um, he's worked with Jeff Solomon, so you know that he, he was also brought in, so the, there's that connection. Uh, Mike was the head coach of the AHL for five or six years in the Kings organization, and they feel that um, you know that he's a good guy that holds the players accountable, and, and but in a good way and motivates the players. So they brought him in, and then Newell Brown, who was with the Ducks twice before, uh, 99, 2000, and then 2005 to 2010, uh, part of the Stanley Cup team, also brought in to help with the power play. Um, he kind of his strategy is also taking into account the other team strategy and what they're doing, and he's more you know shoot the puck, not you know pass it all the time for the perfect shot, which a lot of us have you know we've noticed that over the last couple of years, and, and we always get frustrated with the Ducks. So I thought it was interesting that they brought in these three assistant coaches. They overhauled the bench behind Aikens, really. But what did you think, Eddie? It's kind of interesting. It's it's like. You know, does Murray not have enough confidence in just the power play, or does he not have enough confidence in Aikens and the power play? I mean, you know, what do you think with them bringing in all three of these guys and clearing out the uh, the bench, so to speak? Well, he has to make some kind of changes. The Ducks have been terrible on special teams, but the Ducks have been terrible regardless of a team. Uh, we have to shake things up. The only issue I have too is Newell Brown. I don't. I'm not a fan of like bringing back. People, I always can like always make that kind of relation, saying, "Hey, well, you're not going to go back with an ex significant other and try to make it work after it's failed, especially twice, or he's not there, regardless of whose fault it was." Um, the only issue I have with them, it seems like, like two out of the three, if, if not even all three, can possibly be head coaches. Like, are you going to bring in something which words a situation where it's kind of too many chiefs and not enough Indians, where like people are going to be stepping over their 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 hands or people are going to have too much ego and hey if you know i don't like the way you're doing this and it's just going to be like whoa i've done this i've done this i don't know i'll have to wait and see for next season i wasn't a big fan of bringing back someone you've had numerous times before hopefully it works out i do like his emphasis on just you know not the perfect shot shooting i know it's one of those jokes where people get fans just yell stupidly to shoot but in a duck's case they they did that's what they need to do they need to just shoot like I, I joked before at, at one point, just we'll have Gibson shoot the damn puck just to, to get something on the other side because sometimes those goalies, our opposing goalies, look bored as hell. So give them something to do at least. Yeah, I, I'm with you too. I, I'm not this big fan of the recycle thing. We already saw that with Randy Carlisle, right? So bringing in Brown, I was kind of like, okay, well he was part of the team twice before. You know, I you know I don't know. I, I'm I'm like okay, whatever. Uh, Stothers. I get it. He's connected to Solomon. They have a good relationship. He's there to kind of help, I guess, player development or accountability, uh, you know, with the, the team at the NHL level. Jeff Ward's kind of the one that interests me the most because he has like a variety of zone entries that he likes to deploy. Uh, if you watch film on his power plays, which I have, it's pretty interesting. Sometimes he will pass, have the players pass sideways or slightly backward and to open up things. Um, he's a little bit unconventional that way, uh, which it can be a little bit risky, but I, I like it that he's he's one that changes up things. And I mean, if, you're, if your team's you know getting close to 20% or more efficiency, that's obviously gonna be better than the Ducks who had the worst power play ever last season. Uh, and then they were the, the worst the league uh, in the league uh, the season before. So 
Uh, I mean, anything right now is going to be an improvement on the power play. And that's one of the biggest problems with the Ducks has been special teams. So I, I, I'm really curious to see. Plus, with the configuration of 131, you, you kind of clog the middle a little bit, but then you have guys on the side too as well to try and get that puck movement around. Uh, so I'm really curious to see how this works out to get the power play going back, hopefully on the right track. Because, I mean, we, you know, we also joke too, like you're talking about Gibson shooting the puck and how many times have, you know, us and those of you listening too, we're talking about, can we, you know, just decline the power play and just, uh, you know, just play on because the power play has just been God awful. So I want to see how that works out. So uh, of the three, I, I wasn't too excited about them all, like I said, except for Jeff Ward. That was kind of the one that I was looking forward to. Um, and then the Ducks then had uh, D- uh, Dinan. His contract expired at the end of June 30th. They didn't renew it. And then they got, you know, talk about M- Montreal, right, and how they did in the playoffs and their success recently. You have Joel Bouchard, who was their uh, minor league coach. They Ducks have brought him in to now coach the Gulls. And he's very, very well liked. Uh, Everything that I've read and seen, the comments from the Montreal fans, they like how he develops the players. Um, They like his relationship with the players. Uh, I was doing some reading on him. He's very, very big on developing the players into NHL players, not just, you know, having them stay down at the AHL, which obviously that's what every team wants. But they're just saying that there's a very big emphasis on that and a big emphasis on being uh, competitive. Uh, at the NHL level, not just at the AHL level. So it seems like they brought him in. I know some people were like, well, why didn't they just bring back uh, Dynan? I I think the big thing with Bouchard is really the player development. And I I think that's the big issue, too. It seems like, you know, we talked about special teams and all that. Um, They bring in Solomon, who's been big, right? We talked about him being an attorney, being a sports agent, all that kind of stuff. And developing players and working on contracts. He brings in Stothers, who he worked with. Now he brings um, the, uh, Murray, then brings in Bouchard for the goals. I, I mean, it really seems like an overhaul of everything behind the bench. And it's interesting because the question then becomes you know, those of you listening is like, well, what, what's up with Akins now? What's going to happen with that? We had uh, on Instagram, Mighty Since 93 asked, you know, how many games does Akins get next season before he gets canned? I, you know, I don't really know. I, I, it's This is tough to say. It's To me, I don't know if they would replace him midseason or not. I mean, if, if the Ducks just come out and do completely horrible, uh, the power play stinks again, and the team's just god-awful, you know, maybe now you have some replacements to go in there where you pull an assistant coach in and they finish out the season. I don't know. Uh, I mean, yeah, you could bring up Bouchard, but then you have to put someone down the goals. I, I mean, it's kind of an interesting thing, but it definitely gives Murray options. And for me, if Aikens doesn't work out next season, say he doesn't do terrible, but you know the, the Ducks just do whatever next year, right? They don't make the playoffs. They're not as competitive. They're out of it with a month or two to go in the season, whatever. It gives... Um, you know, more options for the following season. So that's something that I think is interesting to monitor, Eddie. Yeah, and I honestly don't feel the Ducks are going to make playoffs next season. I don't. I, I just can't. I, after last season and seeing who they have, unless significant strides are made from every player and like there's really a step up in, in everything, I, I just I can't see them making the playoffs. And I I don't want to give up on my team. 
so early into like this postseason. But I, I'm a realist, and I, I, I'm looking at the reality of the situation and looking at how other teams are bolstering up their rosters and how they play and how they change up their style. I just I can't see it happening. If they do possibly squeak in, it's not going to be a good ending. It's not going to be that fairy tale Cinderella ending that the Montreal Canadiens almost had this season. I think more changes are needed, and I've talked about this numerous times. I think it starts at the top, but it's just as far as his games, I, I don't know. I, I think I mean we, we had to watch Carlisle. It had to be a on a second stint of a another a winless streak. I think it was like ten plus games again. He was losing where he finally just pulled the plug and ended up counting him. But I just, I know Murray has some kind of an ego, it seems like. So him firing Aikens, it's going to be like, hey, well, I, I screwed up on this. And it's just going to come down on him. Like, he messed up. I believe this is his last year in his contract, too. So he's going to probably try to do everything to ex- get that extension. Hopefully not. But it's just... It's going to be interesting. Like like I said, all I want the Ducks to do, I want them to improve. I want to see that team getting better. I want our players to develop, and I want them to just to, to rise up and see that like for fans to see that potential. And when teams go in there, it's it's not going to be an easy ride where teams just go in there and like, oh, this is an easy two points. No, I want them to make them work for it. I want special teams to be a lot better, especially the power play. I want them not to get outshot sometimes by double or triple. There's some games that were outshot by, by that triple amount. So like that's the goal. Like I said, I, I'm not expecting them to make playoffs. If they do, then cool. I, I Prove me wrong. I would love it. But just seeing the team and, and how the way they were playing last season, and it's going to take a really, really big stride from every one of them. So we have to have the compois kind of stride from every player if they actually want to contend and, and be a playoff contending team. I know, and we've both talked about this before, too. We've said that Murray's had to go. So there's all the stuff that's happened at the assistant coaching level. You change in the goals coach, right? Uh, I'm not one of those ones that has said to fire Aikens. I know a lot of people said, hey, fire Murray, fire Aikens. Uh, My whole issue was is if you only fire Aikens, Murray's still there. So that doesn't solve the problem. We've talked about this probably at nausea in the last couple shows. So they've made a lot of these changes at the coaching level, uh, like all the assistant coaches. You know, and basically, pretty much, <laughs> I mean, they've changed almost everything when it comes to the coaches, except for Aikens. And I'm with you. I, I don't know that they make the playoffs at this point. Obviously, we're recording this show before the uh, expansion draft and the entry draft and free agency and all that stuff. And things can change. And of course, you know, we're, we're going to get into some of that right now. But uh, at this moment, you know, I mean, of course, I'm, I'm still excited to see hockey and see the Ducks play and everything. But, you know, i got to temper expectations right now. I, I don't know how next season's going to look. We still uh, are waiting to see if Getzloff's officially going to come back. We've talked about uh, that, you know, the word was it sounded like he was going to. He did uh, sell his one house in Kodo, and then he bought another one in Kodo. Uh, I'm not sure if we talked about that in the last show or not, so I wanted to cover it right here. So that's kind of an indication. It sounds like he he will be coming back, um, but uh, you know, officially that has not happened yet. So that's one thing to look at. Uh, as we started to record this too, we did get some other news. Uh, the Ducks did bring back Sam and Trevor Carrick for one year, and then they brought back uh, Vinny Letary. So they brought back some of those guys into the mix. We remember Letary came over, had a little bit of an offensive spark. Uh, I really liked uh, when Sam Carrick was called up. He played very well for the Ducks. 
So there's a little bit of depth in there. You know, not big moves, right? So they've got some of those guys back. And then really uh, the big thing that was talked about in this last month that was just crazy, if we're talking about the Ducks trying to improve, right, has been Eichel. It's been the huge, huge news. And Eddie and I kind of crack up about this because we talked about the last show how we didn't think it was a big deal, didn't think the Ducks were all in on it. Then all of a sudden, there's just, uh, you know, all kinds of news comes out. It sounds like the Ducks are going to uh, maybe get them or, or, you know, are high up in there. I had, a, I had a source connected to the team tell me that. Um, you had Elliot Freeman come out and say that. I think a few other people did. The news got crazy. It seemed like every day you were waiting to see um, basically when was Eichel going to get traded. It wasn't a matter of, of if, it was when, right? And then was it going to be the Ducks? Because a lot of it sounded like at the time that they wanted to trade him to a West Coast you know, uh, team. They wanted to keep him out of the East um, kind of a thing. So then <laughs> this last week we find out, well, now there's this debate about how they want to approach his disc issue. Are they going to have a surgery? Are they going to have a fusion? And then Elliot Freeman comes out and says, well, it looks like the trade, if it's going to happen, it's not going to happen until after the expansion draft. So it's like, okay, well, <laughs> is he going to get traded or not? I mean, it's just... It's just crazy. This Eichel thing, it drove me nuts, I think, for about a week. I think it drove most of you out there nuts, too, because we were sitting there, like, every day waking up, you know, looking at the Twitter feed, like, is, is it going to come out, right? And checking the NHL app, checking, you know, all your stuff, your social media. Is he going to get moved? Is he going to get moved? And then it kind of went quiet. So, uh, it, it's just, uh, who knows? I don't know where he's going to end up. But uh, I think, Eddie, you and I agree on this. Uh, if the Ducks get him, uh, you know, it's going to be interesting to, trying to see the cost because of the injury issue. And the other part of it is his personality. It, it seems like he's a little bit too demanding. Uh, or I don't know how else to, to put it. Maybe you got a better word, Eddie. But what do you think with this kind of roller coaster of Eichel stuff that's just gone on the last two or three weeks? I think the feasible thing to do for Buffalo is to trade him. Obviously, there's a market out for him. If you're every NHL team, you're going to be trying to inquire what you can get for him. He's a phenomenal player. He's one of the top players in the NHL. There's no question about that. His attitude is questionable. I get it. He's still young, and some of the remarks he's made made him seem like more of like a diva than anything, and that's one thing I don't like about him. But regardless of my personal feelings toward him, it just if he can help the Ducks and project them to be a, a contender again, I'm all for it. And who knows? He, he like, we all made mistakes when we were young. We all said things that we just like, wow, like what the hell did we say? Maybe that's the case for him sometimes. But he's a phenomenal player. It just, it just there's a lot of issues going on, and I, I don't think it's it's the right possible time for the Ducks to get him. And I've said before, I think the Ducks won't have success as long as Murray's behind the bench and, and making all these, these these things. I want a new GM to come in and, and kind of form his own team and not just have to pick up Murray's mess after this. We don't know how like the neck injury thing or the surgery is going to affect him. Obviously, there's some issues going on with the, him and Buffalo regarding that, but it just it's going to cost a lot. And I can't see Drysdale or Zegris not leaving is part of that package deal. And I'll even throw the third overall pick that we have. I, just, I can't see that at all. I, I know it's 
no one wants to lose Zegris or Drysdale. It's going to be really bad if we lose either of them because they're going to be phenomenal players and you can see something special about them. Drysdale is surprised the hell out of everyone the way his play. Zegris is going to be a freaking superstar. So losing one of them is going to be detrimental to the Ducks, but it's just I think if you're Buffalo, it's time to move on. If he's playing for Buffalo come next season, I think their GM failed and it just it's just not going to work. Like regardless if he has had surgery or not, like regardless if he's he's out for a few months, there is going to be teams that are going to want want him and want him part of their organization. As far as the Ducks, I I don't think it's going to happen. There's gonna, like, too many moving parts. They're going to require a huge demand. He's a superstar, and it's it's going to it's going to be crazy. It's going to be one of those things where it's not going to stop until he's traded. It's just there're gonna be rumors blowing up. I do like the fact that Marie and the Ducks are, are in the mix and they're trying to make something happen. I, I I like that that Marie's actually trying to make that big splash to really push the Ducks into a, a better contention than what they are. But I just think it's gonna cost way too much and it's it's, it's gonna suck and people are gonna be upset regardless. But I, I don't think it's the right time for it. Um, I think it's something that Ducks need to just pump the brakes on and not just make a move just make a move just to prove to everyone that you did it but really make a move that's going to really get the Ducks back into a contending I, I want to see my team win the cup again I, I think every fan there's not one Ducks fan that doesn't want to see the Ducks win the cup again so just that's that's kind of my opinion on that no I think your opinions along the lines of a lot of other people too if you remember we put out uh, kind of a, an unconventional poll we said you know who would you not want to trade if the Ducks uh, made an Eichel deal. And I think it was like 99% everybody was like, no on Zegras and Drysdale. Like, do not include them in this deal. <laughs> I mean, it was like overwhelmingly. And I'm I'm with you out there. All of you out there have said that. I, I, you know, Eddie, you're saying that. I'm in the same boat. Um, you have two young guys that are phenomenal, fantastic players. Um, they're they're going to – they're already – doing great things on the ice, and they're just going to continue to improve and do better. I would not trade those guys for uh, an Eichel that, you know, right now we don't know what percent he's at, right? He's not 100% because he's got this disc issue. Uh, you know, I'm, I'm, he's still a phenomenal player, don't get me wrong, but I, I don't know what level he's at. You know, I'm not the doctor. I'm not the one doing the exams or whatever. I don't, I don't have those reports or whatever, so I don't know um, his exact condition. But I'm with you. And from what we heard... At the height of it, this was kind of what the discussion was. And I put out there the trade that they were talking about. They were saying Steele, Comtois, another player, possible Henrique, the Ducks' third overall pick, and that would go for Eichel and then their top pick uh, in this draft. So that was something that was thrown out there. That, I wasn't too upset with that. Uh, you know, trading the third overall doesn't make me too, you know, mad as part of the Eichel thing. But I know a lot of you out there had issues with this because of Comtois, another one that Eddie and I are big on and, and really like. I mean, look what he did last season, right? I mean, he was scoring, you know, I mean, not every night, but better than 99% of the damn team. So uh, Steele, I'm kind of like, eh, I'm kind of hit or miss on him. We've already talked about Henrik at length with his contract and his up and down season. Obviously, he kind of came back up towards the end. But, uh, you know, the discussion's been, it's been there, like you said, Murray is in on it. I just, I'm still in the position of where we were at. I don't 
think it happens unless, like you said, they have to throw in Drysdale or Segris. And I really, I just don't see Murray doing that. I mean, he's too conservative, Eddie. Yeah, it, it, it's definitely not enough at all. And we had a fan question about our, our mock trades, too, and seeing Steele come to the third overall and another player. It, it just doesn't. It, it doesn't seem like it's going to work. It's, it's, it's not enough for him. Yeah, I have, like I like told you, I have my personal feelings against him because I think he has an attitude issue. But that doesn't def- uh, that doesn't just like take away from the fact of how good of a player he is. It, it, it's not going to work. You have to either, you have to throw in, Hen- uh, not Henrik, uh, Zegris or Drysdale. Or if you really want to just really get into it, Gibson. They need a, a a superstar goalie, and we can scratch this trade and, and add Gibson to it, and then boom! If you add Gibson, you don't have to include uh, Zegris or Drysdale, or maybe you don't even have to uh, include the third overall pick. You can just steal Comtois and Gibson could make this happen with maybe a, a second or third round pick, but not the uh, third overall. But it, it, even still, it's just I think Comtois, his work ethic, he just doesn't stop playing hockey. I, I hope that bleeds onto the whole team. He just, obviously, him keep continuously playing is paying dividends for the Ducks. Like he's, he's, even on the offseason, he's out there at Pro Beach Hockey over there playing roller hockey. He's over there in Corona Rinks playing uh, the top division roller hockey. Obviously, he's, I'm pretty sure he's holding back. He's a hell of a player, but he just still keeps playing. Like He seems like he loves the game and is just going to... I'm looking forward to seeing what he like, comes and does next season because he hasn't stopped playing either. If you guys follow him on Instagram or our social media, he hasn't stopped playing. Uh, I've talked to people that played with him uh, on those teams too. It, it just, it, it, he's a workhorse. He, he loves the game. He loves to play. I think that's something special and someone that you need on your team to hopefully it bleeds out to everyone else. Like I mentioned to Michael Delzato how he's – He's a, a gym enthusiast. He loves to work out. He loves to play. Like, yeah, his, his skill level isn't up to par like a superstar player, but I, like that kind of person in your locker room will help other people and motivate them. Like, you know, so many people I watched on social media posting about their gym stories. That's why I post my gym stories because they motivated me. Like, times I didn't want to go, I saw them. Oh, they're at the gym again. I, I should go to the gym. That kind of like that's kind of stuff you need on your team to bleed with the other players. They're gonna keep seeing that and they're gonna to want to be part of it. So it's just I don't think it's gonna happen. It's too big of a, a trade for Murray to do. So if you guys are, are getting your hopes up for that, I I wouldn't hold my breath on that. So I I think the interesting part that you you brought up was Gibson in there because you know the the rumors of him went up and down this season too, right? Which some of them were kind of crazy or whatever, but. You know, you have Dostal and Stolarz in the pipeline. And it's, you know, you do trade Gibson. You retain all these other forwards. Uh, obviously, he has his big contract. Do you move on from him and do that? I, I don't think I would do that for Eichel. But if Murray did that, oh, my God, people would lose their mind, I think. I think people would go so nuts because they would be like, you traded Gibson you do have these other guys, like I said, coming up, but now you got Eichel. We don't know is he one hundred percent or not. I mean, that that would be. I, I don't know how I would feel about that. I, it's just like that would be crazy, insane, if something like that happened. But I'm with you. I I think Eichel does get traded, but I don't think he goes to Anaheim. That's kind of my my final thought on that. The teams that at the last time we heard that were reported were obviously the Ducks, uh, Boston, Calgary. L.A., 
Minnesota, the New York Rangers, and then Vegas, who's like always in every trade rumor. So, you know, I'm going to crack up if he goes to Vegas or something. I mean, it's just, that's just going to kill us. But that that's the part I will be upset is if he does not go to Anaheim, that's not going to kill me. It's not going to, you know, be the end of the day. Like I said, Zegers, Drysdale, I, I don't want to lose them. I still wouldn't do Gibson. Uh, but if he ends up going to someone in the Ducks division, I'm just going to be like, really? And you know what? <laughs> it's probably going to happen, Eddie, because they were already talking about how they don't want him out on the East. They want him more out on the West. And, you know, and I think that's where they might ha- be able to get more value for him. I mean, maybe. So I would look for that. I, I would look for him to get moved in a couple weeks and to someone maybe in the Central Division or the Pacific Division. That's kind of my final thing on that, Eddie. Yeah, and I'm worried about the about the Kings. They're real like vigilant. They want to improve their team. Imagine Eichel and Kopitar, especially the seasons Kopitar had last year. That, that'd be nuts. They would instantly skyrocket them to a contender. The Kings don't have a bad team. and For some reason, they get the best out of their players. An aging player like Kopitar was playing like a superstar last season. It's, just, it's nuts. It's crazy. I hope that doesn't happen, but who knows? Maybe Seattle's in the mix. Seattle wants to build their team, too. It's going to be interesting, but I think the biggest failure, though, would be, like I said, if Eichel's still part of Buffalo Sabres uh, come the start of the preseason. It just, obviously, there's some issues there. Every season is a comment made by him where it seems like he doesn't want to play for the team anymore. You have to cut your losses, and you have to trade him. You have to get... Uh, the value that he's at right now, you you have to get something in return. Uh, it's going to suck and it's going to make people feel like crap in Buffalo, but obviously he doesn't want to be there. And why do you bring a player that doesn't want to be there? It's going to cause controversy and drama each and every season. So as far as the, the Gibson trade you were talking about too, it's, I don't think it happened. I don't think Marie would part way with part ways with Gibson and I really can't see that, that trade with the Ducks happening. And if it does, it's going to be crazy. And we'll have to do like an emergency show for it. Because <laughs> it'd be like probably like one of the biggest trades in Ducks history. But I really I really can't see it happening. So uh, don't get your hopes up. But don't like like hold us for our words for it. Because stranger things have happened before in the past. Yeah, def- definitely follow it. I mean, it's, something's got to give for sure. But whether he goes to Anaheim or not, I, I'm still back on the... On the, I don't think so. I mean, it, it, like I said, it got really intense there for about a week and then tapered off. So, uh, you mentioned Seattle. We have the expansion draft and the entry draft coming up here. We had some questions from you guys. Um, we did talk about the Ducks and who they were going to protect uh, in the last show. So, if you're really curious about that, I would go back to that. We're not going to spend another you know 20, 30 minutes going over that in this one. But we will talk about some of the questions you guys uh, are asking about. Who will Seattle possibly take from the Ducks? We had uh, uh, B Lowry seventeen on Instagram. He asked about Delorier. Would he be one that could be picked up for Seattle, or some kind of a deal worked out? You know how like Vegas did that with their expansion draft. I don't know. Uh, that's one to look at. We we knew that he almost went to Pittsburgh right at the trade deadline. I don't know if he would be the one that would go. I think there's a few other players on there. Um, like we said, uh, you know, Henrique is one to keep an eye on. The, the Seattle needs to meet that cap minimum. He did play better towards the, end of the season. He played well for Team Canada as the team captain. Um, you know, he could be one that they did pick up. Stolars is another one I keep an eye on. I mean, he's been playing well. He has to be exposed. 
that I would look at, and that that kind of also answers uh, Tony M. Freed's question too. That you know he asks who will uh, the Kraken take, but those are the, a few of the players that I'm I'm looking at. Eddie, uh, and, you know, and we don't know yet. The list is going to come out here in the next week of who everybody's going to protect. So, of course, that's going to affect answering these questions. But uh, depending on what the Ducks do, right, if they do the 7-3-1, they can protect all the forwards, as we talked about before. And then it comes down to the defense. And then that might be an issue because then maybe the Ducks, uh, we talked about Fowler, Lindholm, and Fleury being protected, and maybe they expose Shattenkirk, which is another one. He's kind of in that boat of Henrique where, hey, you've got a little bit of the salary cap. Maybe they pick him up and take him instead. So uh, that's going to dictate uh, this, Eddie. And, and, you know, the Ducks, too, we, we've talked about them possibly doing the other way, doing, you know, eight skaters and one goalie. And then if they want to protect four defensemen and then have four forwards, then you open up all kinds of stuff there because then it depends. It, it, you know, are they going to protect – Terry, Steele, Jones, Raquel, you know, which ones are going to be protected? We've talked about that. We thought pretty much Raquel and Terry would be Steele and Jones or maybes. Um, if you're doing that 8-1 and one deal, then I, I think for sure they go after a forward. Unless, like I said, they try to pick up Stolars. So there's going to be some options there. I, I think the Ducks do have some players that Seattle will like. Um, regardless if they go 7-3-1 and one or the 8-1, and one, Stolars is out there. That's one I would keep an eye on. And then, uh, depending on the configuration, if they uh, go with the seven forwards, they, they probably pick up a defenseman. If they go with the eight and one, I think they go uh, with a forward. So that that's kind of my take on that, Eddie. What do you think as far as Seattle and who they might try to snag from the Ducks? Well, still, I, I still are is, is a, a definitely a capable backup. And you have, you have yet to see his value, what he, what he can do. Uh, I I can't see Seattle passing on that. Like goaltenders are hard to come by, and you and you never know what you can get out of a goaltender. Uh, they, they develop differently. Some of them hit their stride when they're older, like a Tim Thomas. Uh, the whole thing about Nick Delorier uh, that's interesting. That's a really good question. Thank you for asking that. And if I were Seattle, I would want a player like that. I think he's one of the the best fighters in the NHL. Like one of the best energy guys. Like, why wouldn't you want a player like that? I, Vegas picked up uh, Revo. I think is there a trade involving a first round too, which was kind of nuts. I, I know there was more to that, but but Revo's provides that spark for Vegas. He provides he provides that that tough guyness. And if you screw up one of their players, you have to deal with him. And the same thing with Seattle. Seattle's going to come in a brand new team. They're going to have a lot of team challenging them. If I'm them, yeah, obviously you're not going to take Nick Deloria and, and use your pick on him, but there's have to be some moving parts to it. A trade, maybe like, hey, well, uh, you can take this person for that. We'll add a Nick Deloria, some kind of thing. If I'm Seattle, I'm going to want to just keep my eyes open and, and watch him. Like I said, he's, he's one of the, the, the best energy guys, best fighters. I, I want to say maybe Revo. Tom Wilson kind of thing. You haven't really seen them really scrap with each other, so we don't really know. But someone that throws that many fights a season ago is someone that you want on your team to defend your guys and to provide that energy. So um, it's going to be interesting to see. I hope he doesn't go. He's he's my pretty much my favorite player in the Ducks right now, and I love what he brings to the Ducks. And losing him would, would kind of suck because then you have teams that can run over our young guys. But if I'm Seattle, yeah, I'm going to take a look at him. And if either a trade or they can work out something like the Spanish draft, like they did with Clayton Stoner kind of thing, 
then maybe that's something that that they're going to look for. Who knows? I hope not, but it it could happen. Yeah, like we said, it, it you know, he's one that will be out there too. I think regardless if the Ducks do the 7-3 and 1 or they do the 8 and 1. And like you said, if they want a, a quality backup goalie, Stolarz is there. If they want some forwards, you have a couple guys that if the Ducks can't protect, like like we said, if they do the eight and one, they can't protect um, all these guys. They can't, you know, uh, steal Jones, Terry. They they can't lock them all down because uh, I mean you're probably gonna you know have to you know take care of Raquel in there too, and you're gonna have to figure out. Um, like we talked about, we had the old article on that that discussed this, and we had this in depth on the last po- actually the last two podcasts. I think we've talked about this a lot. Not so much who Seattle would take, but who the Ducks would protect. So once those lists come out, which is coming up this weekend, um, I think we'll have a better idea uh, of who they may go after. But um, you know, I just hope that the Ducks don't get fleeced. I think a lot of teams did learn. From the Vegas expansion draft, you know, the Ducks, uh, you know, it just sucks, uh, <laughs> you know, with the whole situation that they, they went through. Um, don't, say Vegas. don't say his name. Don't say his name. I know. You're going to trick the people. <laughs> I know. I, I don't want to say his name. It's like uh, some defenseman, you know, uh, you know, Shay something, I don't know, on Vegas, you know. <laughs> Especially you watch, these, you watch these last couple of playoffs. I mean, you just... You just get pissed. So for me, I, I mean, and I, I made arguments in the article that I wrote about both. Uh, I, I'm really not that upset. I, I feel like it, whichever way the Ducks go, I, I don't think it's a bad move. If they do, you know, each option, if they weigh it out, I think if they expose Shattenkirk and he's picked up, I don't think that's the end of the world. I think a lot of people were kind of frustrated. He won a Stanley Cup. He didn't quite seem as hungry. He took more penalties. Didn't really add as much offensively. His contract's a little heavy. So if, if Shattenkirk was taken, I don't think a lot of us would be upset. Um, if they go with more of the forwards and they protect all the young guys and and Henrique gets picked up, I don't think they'll be as upset either. Like we've talked about, he's got that big contract. Um, you, you know they're going to go for that. We also didn't mention Silverberg, right? He got hurt. He's coming back from injury. I, I doubt he gets picked because of that. I, th- I think that kind of helps the Ducks a little bit in terms of the protection lists. But if Henrique was taken, um, you know I I wouldn't be happy about it. But I mean if you're pulling him out, Murray was already trying to unload on him and he couldn't, and that would open up a lot of cap space because you're talking about five million plus contract for several seasons. Um, that you know that could potentially be used because the Ducks got to resign a lot of guys here too in the offseason. Don't forget. I mean, like we said, they they picked up a couple guys here on on one year extensions, but they still have to figure out uh, the Getzloff situation and then um, get past the draft. We'll have stuff on the free agency too that they're going to have to look at and figure out uh, as well. So if they're able to unload somebody with a bigger contract, create more room to either get a free agent. Or you know have money in the bank for these other contracts that are coming up. It's not necessarily a bad thing. I don't think really in this expansion draft that the Ducks are in that bad of a position. I just I'm really curious to see what Murray's going to do. I'm really you know does he value all these defensemen? Does he really want to protect more than three or not? I think that's the decision that he has to make, and that's going to ultimately determine which option he goes with. But 
I'm not really, you know, it's kind of funny. When they came to the Vegas expansion draft, I was kind of stressed out about it. And when we lost you-know-who, and then uh, obviously in the subsequent seasons, we realized what a cluster F that was. But for me, Eddie, I, I don't know. I, I'm kind of calm about the expansion draft and whoever Seattle takes. I just, I mean, unless Murray does something cray-cray like you're talking about, like, hey, take Delorier, and then, you know, you end up, you know, giving up Raquel or something stupid like, I mean, that won't happen. Well, I hope it doesn't happen. But if something like crazy like that happened, I, I think we'd all lose our minds and have the pitchforks up in the Honda Center parking lot. But barring that, if he just picks an option, doesn't try and do any side deals and all that, I think we're going to come out okay. Yeah, and I can't, like whoever we lose for the expansion draft, I can't see, like, see it being a, like that much of a significant loss. Like it's not going to, it's not going to kill the Ducks or make them even worse. It, it, it's going to suck because we're fans and we all have a personal attachment to whoever player we do have. So that aspect of it is going to suck. And yeah, we're going to have everyone criticizing you. Like no one's going to be happy. But whoever they take, like you said, Shattenkirk or they make the trade for, you know, for Raquel or take this person, like whatever they do, it's just with the exception of like Drysdale. No, he's not even part of it, but they make a trade. But I think with the exception of Gibson. There's not really anyone on the Ducks that can take that's really going to be a significant blow and make the team like that much worse. So, I mean, you have like someone like Lindholm, Manson, you definitely are, are going to be protected. Like You're not going to expose them and lose them for you know not forgetting anything for them. But just, I have that little bit of a ease, too. Just I'm curious to see what's going to happen. Curious to see if there's going to be trades that he made. But... I, one thing too, I want to talk about the expansion draft, and I don't know if like no one's really really mentioned it. I I kind of think it's unfair that Vegas is exempt from this. Like they have a really solid team, a great team. Like I you know, and they're part of the NHL. I I think they should be added into this, and they should be ready to lose a player too. It just it's kind of puzzling and weird that they're exempt from this, like, even though they're still new of a team. It's, I don't think that's right. I think it's, I don't think it's fair at all. Just make it fair. You know, that's a good point. I didn't think about that too much until actually you just brought it up right now. And you're right. For those of you that don't know, all the teams participate in this except for Vegas. And I don't understand, like, why they get a break. I mean, they they just, I mean, they pillaged some teams in that expansion draft. We all know that, right? We were one of them. <laughs> you know, I mean, yeah, we made a side deal. We were our own worst enemy, whatever. But... I mean, they, they really took some teams to town. They put a team together, right? Obviously, you know, getting to the Stanley Cup final, like, immediately. You know, they didn't win, but still. I mean, and they've been in the playoffs. They've been competing. Uh, they've been at the top of the division and all of that. And now uh, Seattle gets their shot at it. And Vegas, just because they've only been in the league for a couple seasons, gets a break. Uh, I'm with you, Eddie. That doesn't sit well with me. I, I think that they should have to do the same thing. Why not? I mean, they were the ones that got to do it to the rest of the league, and now they, they you know, they're they're still new, but it's not like their first or second year. They've been in the league for a handful of seasons now. I, I'm with you. You know, they should have to face the situation and be on the other side of it and try and deal with it because they're the ones right now. They're sitting here just going, yeah, whatever, expansion draft, we don't care. They're just looking for the entry draft. Um, so, yeah, I, I, I don't know why they get a pass. Uh, maybe maybe they got some Golden Knight money uh, or something that they <laughs> gave the, the commissioner. I don't know. <laughs> but it, it's a good point, Eddie. So, 
Um, we'll monitor that, see what happens. Obviously, when the lists come out, then we can kind of talk a little bit more about that. And then, of course, action-packed, right? At the end of the month of July, you have the entry uh, draft coming up. We had Logan that wrote an article uh, about this a little while ago, but I kind of held on to it because I wanted to put it out in conjunction with the podcast. But he had some names on here. Um, he kind of had his, his top three, if you will, that the Ducks would pick. But this is all depending upon how it goes, right? Um, the Ducks are third right now, pending any trade. If Owen... Uh, power is not taken first or second obviously you know the Ducks should take him as a third pick we don't think that's that's going to happen it sounds like he's going to go first if not second I mean crazy things happen right but if that doesn't work out if he's taken off the board which we think is likely uh, I, I thought it was interesting I'll go with the top three here that Logan talked about and then I have another one I'll throw in here that Thomas mentioned to me but his, his top three uh, players all forwards uh, you have Matthew uh, Beneers uh, Kent Johnson and William Eklund are the, the big three that he talked about. Um, the first two kind of interesting. You know, you have these uh, University of Michigan products. Veneers uh, 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 being a center and a left wing, uh, six foot one, one seventy four. Uh, he had ten goals and fourteen assists and uh, twenty four points in twenty four games uh, last season. Uh, the book on him is uh, he's really good on his offensive uh, ability. He's got good uh, skating. Uh, ability playmaking um, with the puck he's dangerous and without it as well and he's he's pretty good on defense uh, as far as making turnovers and counter attacking uh, another good part of his game is the penalty kill so it seems like he's a very good two-way player uh, a good option on there um, and then he's got his teammate Kent Johnson on here who Logan listed as second on here who also plays center at 6'1 165 another guy that's really good at offense uh, it's pretty flashy, good stick handling, soft hands uh, on his passes and whatnot. Also a good um, skater, has a really good first step. Seems to have a good hockey IQ, uh, IQ is really big on playing the, the corners and the angles. So uh, of these two, uh, you know, I, I kind of, I like both. I like the size. I, I like what I've seen. There's some videos and, and whatnot we're going to have in the articles in there. And then you've got also uh, William Eklund, who's also a center and a left wing. Uh, Swedish players, so you know what that means, right? Uh, Murray loves his Swedish players. Another guy with great offensive ability. Um, he likes to get into those dirty areas is, is a big thing. And he's got really good footwork and, and strength on his skate and holding the puck. And a very good wrist shot. So it's kind of interesting. I, I don't think the Ducks could go wrong with any one of these three players. I, I think Eklund's a little bit on the smaller size, being 5'10". But then, of course, he's a Swedish player, like I said. And then uh, with the other two guys, I, I mean, you're talking about offensive guys, both 6-1. Um, you know, the big thing to me, I'm kind of uh, kind of a picky when it comes to forwards. I, You know, when it comes to the draft, I, I think especially with the Ducks, and I think a lot of this depends on what they're going to do. If they, you know, like we said, move out Henrique or he gets picked up in the expansion draft. I, I really like players that can play wing and center. That's a big deal for me. I, I like that with the forward. So if you can get a guy that can play multiple spots, I think that's a huge benefit to me, Eddie. I don't think the Ducks could go wrong with any one of these three as far as forwards go. But um, what's your take? Any Do you have any preference on these top three that Logan listed? Or, or you're just kind of like me, like any one of them would probably work out? Well, he, he actually really, a really in-depth article. It was really awesome uh, that they did. So uh, good job on that. 
Um, I do like a Bernier's, right? Bernier's, am I saying it correctly? I want to uh, Bernier's. Bernier's. Okay, I'll say it correctly when he actually gets drafted to the Ducks. Yeah, Maddie Bernier's. Yeah, Bernier's. I, I do like his player comparison, Bergeron, Taves, Horvat. I do like that. I think that's something the Ducks would need. But like you said, too, I like those players that can play multi-positions. I, I did notice something that he wrote that really caught my eye, and it, I think it should catch everyone's eyes, about Luke Hughes, even though he's not really mentioned to go that high in the draft at third maybe but he talked about Colorado Avalanche and how they built their blue line and look at the powerhouse blue line they have right now led by Carol McCarr so I did that's important too and the Ducks really need to, to figure that out and you can't go wrong but having a powerhouse blue line it's just uh look when the Ducks won the cup they had Niedermeyer and Pronger it's probably some of the top defensive players they had in the league and they kind of led them to a Stanley Cup so I think that's something really important that you want to emulate as a team to look at Colorado. Yes, I know they flopped last season, but they built their team from the back end up. And it seems like they have a little bit more, uh, they have that that excess of defensemen that could possibly like to be a top four than they need. So they can either start buying out other players that, they, that are causing, uh, I guess, cap issues and build their team offensively from there, or they can make a trade or... It just, you know, I, I think that was really something that he, he made in that that article that really stood out to me, and I like that. And it just, you know, if, if you want to build a powerhouse team, you have to look at the powerhouse like teams that there are. Colorado Avalanche, yeah, the Tampa Bay Lightning, and those, those have been uh, built really well. So it was a good article, but I, I, right now I'm on the fence. It's just I, I want to get a, a player that's going to help the Ducks and, and, and tread them upward. I don't really care who it is. I do like the fact that you have a player that ha- can play multiple positions because I, just for centers is hard. You're taking a lot of responsibility defensive wise too and offensive wise, but we still need that uh, that person. Uh, you have a player over there that's not too flashy, but we have Zegris that seems like it'd be a, a flashy player. So if we have a, a player that come in and does those little things to help Zegris get those points on the board, and that's all for me. But at this point, I I, I just we have to get someone that's... We, we can't waste the third overall pick and have a bust. We have to get someone that's going to come in there and perform. Like, obviously not right away, but just develop into uh, hopefully a potential... I don't want to say a, a top player. Like, third overall, you should at least be a, a top-line player. Yeah, absolutely. And and this is tough, too. You know, uh, I was talking to Thomas about this. He's got another player in the mix that I'm going to mention. He's got He's been doing great, too, by the way. Thomas has been killing it with all his prospect uh, articles, the uh, updates and whatnot. I still got more to publish. Sorry, Thomas. I'll I'll get those out. I've been really busy, but uh, I'm going to get them all out in this next week. I promise. Uh, He's really been on it, though, and I I appreciate it. Every summer, Thomas does great uh, cranking out stuff for us, uh, Mr. uh, Mr. Reliable in the summer. Um, But, yeah, I mean, and and Thomas had brought up some good points. I talked to him about some of this stuff, too, and he said it's hard because – you know, you had all this stuff going on last year. I'm not going to rehash it. We all know how crazy the world is. But you had minor league stuff that was, uh, you know, some leagues didn't play. Some leagues were shortened. Some leagues did modified schedules. You know, everything was crazy. So it's hard to evaluate players. I think one thing that stood out to me, too, and you're right, Logan went really in-depth in this. I, I, I'm not going to go into all of it because I don't want to ruin the article. I want to pair it with the show. But I wanted to mention the names and the players he, he brought out. But... And Matty Beneers, uh, you know, the big thing I, I liked on there is he compared him to Ryan Kessler in this article. And to me, that's huge because the Ducks are without him right. They're finishing out his contract. 
you know, and 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 we all know what happened, unfortunately, with with Kessler. If we get another guy like that in this draft, I am like all for it. Like, you know, he's talking about this guy being a great two way player. You know, we talk about the face offs are huge. Um, of course, Zegers coming up in the pipeline, uh, playing center. That you know, they transitioned him last season. They get this guy. Uh, Beniers, maybe he comes in and plays wing a little bit and then goes to center, or maybe starts to center, you know, depending on how his development and his skill level is. So that's why when um, Logan put him as number one, I was reading this, I was like, yeah, man. I mean, from the videos I watched and the stuff that he did and some other things I researched, that's my go to. Uh, but like I said, I, I wouldn't be mad with the other guys as well, as far as going with the, you know, the other two, I just have my thing. You know, Eklund, I like the multiple position thing, but he's a little bit undersized. And then Kent Johnson, the the downside with him, it sounds like his defensive responsibility isn't as huge. So I, I think that is the best one of the forwards that he talked about. Uh, again, some of the strategy, like we said, depends on what the Ducks do. If the Ducks go 7-3-1, they expose a defenseman, a defenseman gets picked up, maybe they go for somebody like Luke Hughes. I mean, this, this is a big kid. He's 6'2", 176, and uh, you know he, he's got offensive skill as well as his defensive skill, which is, you know, of course, playing de- defense is always huge, but it sounds like he can read the plays pretty well. The stuff that I've seen, he, he can look at a play, kind of... Um, speed it up or slow it down um, and, and get it going. He likes to play physical, which Eddie and I always talk about that because the Ducks defensemen, sorry, there's not really that many def, you know defensemen of the Ducks that are physical outside of Manson. I mean, that's just the way it is. I mean, Shattenkirk's okay. Fowler, no. Uh, well, Lindholm, of course, uh, he, he's not as physical as, as Manson, but of course he's, he's great. But in terms of, of another guy that's going to go around smash people, and get into those dirty areas and, and you know rub people out so to speak. Uh, I, I like what Luke Hughes brings. So again, it goes down to that. What what are the Ducks going to do? And then uh, Thomas had his uh, guy that he threw in there, uh, Dylan Gunther, who's six uh, one, one seventy five, a right wing. Another guy that's a, a fast skater, uh, tremendous score. He had twelve goals and twelve assists last season, twenty four points. But I looked at him too. And his defense for me is kind of like, okay, which, I mean, that's that's a lot of the forwards though coming out of the draft. You know, they, they focus on the offense and not necessarily the defense. But I like forwards that can play center, uh, especially ones that can do it in, you know, all areas of the rink in the zones and whatnot. So I'm with Logan. I think Matthew Beneers is the one to go with. But if the Ducks give up a defenseman and that's what Murray is looking for, if he's going for you know that kind of thing maybe he goes Luke Hughes though what we heard from you know the last time he gave his little interview and talked he, he said he's going by the best position of what's available so if that's the case that's what I'm going with I'm going with what Logan's uh, pick but who knows uh, Owen Powell uh, comes out and <laughs> they don't take him in the first two then I mean hell yeah bring him on the number three so I'm excited for the entry draft Eddie I think it's going to be unique like we said you can't you, you know, we evaluate these players. You watch the limited film that there is out there and the articles and stuff. They did not play as many games. But um, I'm excited. I, I think um, if the Ducks don't trade the third overall pick, I think they can get uh, a quality player out of this draft despite the craziness in the world. Oh, yeah. And 
Stranger things have happened. You had Seth Jones that was projected to be number one overall. Everyone thought he was going to go to the Avalanche. He had ties there with his dad playing for the uh, for their basketball team. Uh, his dad asked Sackick, like you know, like how can he improve and be a better hockey player? So he he had all those ties. Everyone thought Seth Jones would be taken first overall by the Avalanche, but then McKinnon goes. You have Druin goes second to the Tampa Bay Lightning. So stranger things can happen. Like you just never know. The scouts see something they like, they see something that they don't like. Uh, I don't think anyone can contest the Avalanche taking McKinnon first overall uh, in that draft. Like no one can. I think every team uh, would love to have a player like him. It's just. It's going to be, it, it, I don't know, it, it, it's scary, nerve-wracking for the draft more than the expansion draft because you want to see what the Ducks are going to go for. And, and the, the players that we talked about, like who knows, they can shake a random player that, that aren't on anyone's radar that they pick up. Uh, you never know if Owen Power can fall into the Ducks' laps at three and how a uh, player he's going to be. It's, just, it, it's going to be one of those things, it's, it's, it's going to be crazy. Uh, I, I know Logan, he mentioned in an article too that he picked, he picked right last season, so hopefully he goes two for two this season. So um, hopefully he's right too. It's always good to to actually get a guess right. But you guys are going to be excited to read the article. It's a really in depth and fun article, and I thank Logan for that, and also Thomas. They are the prospect experts, uh, and they really do their their work and just to kind of provide that information. So I'm greatly like, grateful and thankful for that. Yeah, seriously, because I'll be honest, I don't always have the time to go through all this. I, I do, but um, it's nice to, to have them help out because uh, it's just tough. This is not my area of expertise. I'm more with the NHL and watching the plays and doing You guys all know all the stuff during the season, so these guys really help out during the off season. So with that, we'll get to the last section. We'll talk about league news. Now, we talked about Eichel. Uh, and what's going on, the roller coaster there, and where he's going to end up. There's Now there's some other trade rumors out there. Uh, Tarasenko now wanting out. So that one's out there. And then we also had a fan question, too, from uh, EWA9610. He also threw out, what about Stamkos? Because Tampa Bay has to shed the cap. You know that they like pretty much you know, pillage the cap during the playoffs, right? However you feel about it, it was legal. But that's what they did. So... There's a, what do you think about these? I mean, we talk about Eichel, you know, and, and we got a lot of questions in here too. I'm not going to answer them individually, but a lot of you were like, hey, what is Murray going to do? Are we going to make a big trade? Are they going to go after this guy? Are they going to go after that guy? So we talked about Eichel, but what do you think about Stamkos and, and Tarasenko? You think one of those somehow magically ends up in Anaheim, or do you think these are also ones that are least likely to happen? I can't see Tampa Bay trading Stamkos. I think he's a phenomenal captain. He helped them to another Stanley Cup. I know he had some controversy last season because he only played like a part of a game. And people were questioning his, I guess, his involvement in that Stanley Cup like win. But he came back and he, I think he played well for them and he helped them win. I, I definitely don't see that coming to the Ducks at all. So just let's get out of our mind. Tarasenko... Yeah, there's a, like uh, issues. Same thing with Eichel about the, how the team's handling his injury and surgeries and stuff like that. I know I read an article uh, when they named Ryan O'Reilly captain that he had some uh, issues with that. He thought uh, I don't know, maybe he should have been captain or been in uh, consideration for that. I like Tarasenko as a player. I just don't think it's the right time for the Ducks to to make a move for that. Uh, he's dealing with his injury issues, and you, and you don't know what's 
if he's going to come back to full form or if he's going to be on the like the whole decline. We have to just keep trending upward and bring players on that are going to really help the Ducks. And It's 50-50, and I'm tired of this low-risk, high-reward kind of thing, or let's take a chance on this player or see if he can bring. No, it's obviously failed. The Ducks have failed on that part because uh, Murray likes to, to bring players like that so he can... I guess have his little like pat himself on the back saying, Hey, look what I did. Like I took a chance to this player and it worked out. But last few times it really hasn't worked out. Uh, Shattenkirk hasn't been a total utterly failure in Anaheim, but he didn't, he didn't play to his potential and what everyone expected him to play. And it didn't help the ducks at all. He, he started getting better toward the end, but it just, we can't be taking chances on these players. We have to have f- for sure things at this point. And I mean, honestly, I don't want Murray to make any big moves like this at all. I, I don't trust him. And I want these big moves to come, and hopefully he's gone after this season, or hopefully midway through the season. Yeah, I, I know. We've talked about that at length, too. And I, I'm with you. I don't see anything with Stamkos. I mean, obviously Tampa Bay's got to do some things, but I, I don't see that happening. And Tarasenko, uh, yeah, I, I mean, don't get me wrong, good player. Some, you know, Maybe not quite as good as he's been before. So, you know, I, I don't know if that's going to be something that would work out either. But, you know, it was interesting, too, while recording this and finding out on this day is that Minnesota is buying out Zach Parise and Ryan Suter. I'm not really big on the Ducks going after these, you know, but you think that this might be a more viable option for the Ducks to try to go after one of these guys if they're, you know, willing to join Anaheim at the right price. Yeah, I don't know if you watched the movie Anchorman when uh, he had that, uh, I guess, an optical illusion in his pants. But I could see Murray having optical illusion in his pants for Parise or Suter. He just, Murray, these are the type of guys that he wants to go for. He wants, like I said, he wants to make that quote-unquote splash. He brings in a player that he can get a good contract and hopefully uh, can pay dividends for the team. But it's not going to work. These players are bought out for a reason. They haven't played to their potential. Yaprizi had a, a really good season a, a couple seasons ago. But it just these players won't help the Ducks to be where they are. They're just going to be another, uh, I guess, former big names. And he's kind of like going to bring them on of the players that who like they were and not who they are now. I think it'd be a bad idea, but I really, really think, and don't be surprised you hear in the next coming weeks that Murray has his head into these guys and kind of see what he can get or if he can sign them once they become those official free agents. I wouldn't advise on it, and I wouldn't want that at all. I don't, like I said, I don't think these either of these players will help the Ducks in the future, but it just seems like a, a so Perry or a Murray move to to go and get these guys, so or at least one of them. I hope it doesn't happen, but don't be surprised if you hear rumors about the Ducks interested in either one of these players. Yeah, it sounds like a typical Murray move, like you said, Eddie. Oh, man. So a little bit of interesting things going on around the league. We had uh, uh, kind of an arch nemesis for the Ducks. Uh, Peke Rene uh, has announced his retirement. I don't want to bring up bad memories, but we all know how the Ducks uh, did against uh, Nashville in the playoffs, right? So... um, I mean, great career to him. Good on him. But, but man, you know, Nashville's a team we love to hate. So uh, maybe we can have a little bit better luck against them in the future, Eddie. Uh, but uh, any any thoughts on just Rene retiring? I mean, he had a great career regardless of, you know, uh, them, you know he's played phenomenal against Anaheim for sure. 
Oh, I just I want to tip my cap to him. I I'm a hockey fan still, so I have the utmost like respect for him. Even though I love to hate him when he played against us, but I mean, someone that's selected in the eighth round of the draft, and that was the last time they actually had an eighth round in the draft, and he went on to play 15 seasons and had some success for for the Predators and almost backstopped them to a Stanley Cup. Thank God he didn't. But I, I wish him all the best. Uh, he had a great career. Um, he he was still. His, he, even though he lost his starting job, he was still just being there and being supportive for the, the their new backup goalie, which is their starter, Sorrows. So I just wish him the best in the retirement. Like I said, as a hockey fan, you have to respect the hell out of him. I know there's some Ducks fans are just are truly Ducks fans are going to hate him and and give him the middle finger on the way out. <laughs> that's cool. That's funny. But no, as a hockey fan, for me, I, I have to respect what he's done to the sport and to the game, and I wish him all the best. Yeah, I, I agree. I agree. And, and you're right. Yeah, when you played against the team, you're like, oh, my God. But, uh, yeah, a tremendous uh, goalie in net. Um, we had a couple moves, too, that came up. Uh, kind of a weird one that just happened, too, Eddie, as we are recording the show. Uh, we had the Oilers make a trade. Do uh, you want to break that down and kind of share your thoughts uh, on that deal that they did? Yeah, so they uh, they made a trade. The Oilers sent over their um, – actually, the Oilers got Duncan Keith and Tim – Soderlund, some AHL player from the Blackhawks for Caleb Jones in a conditional 2022 third round pick. I believe it turns into a, a second round pick if they make the third round of the playoffs and he's uh, playing the top roll minute or top four roll minutes. This doesn't make sense to me. Uh, we had Jacob Love Stella ask, is Edmonton rebuilding or tanking with a Duncan Keat trade? And I would want to say they were tanking with the. It just doesn't make sense. I, I I read too that Caleb Jones is a better defenseman than Duncan Keith. There was no salary retained for Duncan Keith. It seems like Edmonton Oilers did them a favor by taking Duncan Keith and with without having the Blackhawks retain any salary. But it just it frees up like salary for the Blackhawks. Uh, I heard they want to go after Mark Andre Fleury. Uh, and they want to like, ex- like kind of build their team to be competitive again. They're getting Jonathan Taves back uh, after his uh, his year off. And to answer your question, like, I don't know it, it, what they're doing. But I think if they're going to tank or go on a full rebuild, they have to get rid of McDavid or Dreisaitl. Like Those two players are phenomenal. They're top players in the world. They're going to steal you games. They're going to steal games like Gibson does for Anaheim, making the team look better than it is. Something's going on with Edmonton, and they they don't have enough cap space. It seems like to re-sign the players that they have to do. They still have to get a starting goalie that that can actually project them and push them than than losing all the time in the playoffs or, or being that bad team. I think that, I really think they need a star goalie, and with the limited cap space they have, it just doesn't make sense to me. It's it's crazy. Uh, Duncan Keith has been been. He's Mr. Blackhawk. He's always going to be Mr. Blackhawk, but it's just it's crazy that this trade happened. And I don't know what, what Edmonton's thinking. I think they might have a worse GM than Murray. So thank you for that, Edmonton. Yeah, it, this was a weird one, too. When it came out, I was like, Duncan Keith to Edmonton? I'm like, what What are you guys doing? The dude's like at the you know twilight of his career. And then you have Caleb Jones, who's upcoming. Um, I just, I, I don't know. Uh, unless it's something, you know, you and I talked before the show, if it's like they're setting up another trade or something. I mean, I, I don't know. I just, that was the only thing that could really make sense to me. I mean, I mean, it's Edmonton. So again, another team, no love lost for us. But 
yeah, that, that, that one's a puzzling move for me. Uh, and then we had uh, another team in our division make a move, Eddie. Uh, I, th- I think you want to talk about this a little bit too, involving the Predators, uh, as we discussed. But uh, what about the Kings and, and their trade that they did? Well, yeah, the Kings acquired Victor Arvidsson from the Predators for a 2021 second-round pick and a 2022 third-round pick. I know Philippe Forsberg posted on his Instagram story with thumbs down, not happy about this trade. Arvidsson was coming off like a 30-goal season a few seasons ago. He has that potential to regain that form in a different system. He just kind of lost traction over the last season and stuff. But I just want to point out how the Kings are so, like, just they always try to make their team better every offseason. Like, Rob Blake is just, it's just crazy and it's nuts how it's a night and day from the Ducks and Kings. Kings will do everything possible to try to make their team better. With the Ducks, is try to just sign guys of who they were in the past, and it just it doesn't work out. It doesn't pay dividends. And the Kings, if they don't get what they want from the player, they flip them and get some kind of pick or something for them. It just I, I it sucks to say this, but I think the Kings have a better structure and management than the Ducks do, and I think the Ducks should be taking notes on that kind of situation because what the Kings keep doing, and and then every big player name too, they had their name in the mix. They're trying to acquire him. They're trying to acquire. Jack Eichel, if they get him, it's going to suck. I hope they don't, but the Kings are willing to risk it all to make their team successful. They had two cups, and they make those same risks. I know I hate hearing that too, but it's just you have to be able to to take some chances, not just kind of sign people for a low-risk, high-reward possibly factor, and it doesn't work out. Like something brewing in, in LA and they keep trying to make their teams better and it just it sucks watching that happen and watching your team just make bullshit moves and, and have a GM that just wants to talk like he's a politician. I, I know I'm not trying to get political, but there's a recall happening in California soon. I wonder if Bob Murray's gonna have his name in the mix because he's sure good at talking shit but not providing actions. <laughs> oh my sorry, god i'm sorry wow. that, that just, was hilarious i i was like where is he going with this one <laughs> way, way to end the show on a funny man. ass note man just oh tired my. Of, i'm tired of murray's crap it's not fair to the fans that the fans that pay their harder money that spend their time watching these games and have to like deal with the same crap i don't think any fan is sitting here thinking that like murray's words mean any merit anymore everyone knows the bs like i'd rather believe the squirrel I saw walking my dog the other day than Murray. No, I mean, <laughs> you're sh- oh my God, you're cracking me up, man. Yeah, I mean, you share a sentiment that I think 90% of our listeners uh, ha- have, you know. I mean, everybody's upset and everything. And that's why a lot of people are asking about it. Are they going to make a big move? And you're right. You see these other teams do stuff. And yeah, the Kings had a down year or whatever, haven't played as well recently, but they're still out there doing all these things and whatnot. And um, like we said, you know, Vegas is in the mix for Eichel too. You see them doing stuff. I mean, these teams are doing things. I mean, I don't know if that's, you know, the Ducks trying to steal Solomon from the Kings to like try and bring that kind of stuff over. Um, I, I think time will tell because the Ducks have done a lot. I give them some credit with the coaching situation, right? Bringing in assistant coaches, bringing in the uh, AHL coach. They, they change all that kind of stuff up. Uh, of course, we got to see what's going to happen. Is the development going to work on the players? Is the special teams going to get better? Is the scoring going to get better, which has been horrible too for the last couple seasons? A lot of, lot of ifs, right? So I give them some kudos there. 
But what I really want to see is what is going to happen come free agency time. Who else are the Ducks going to bring back? Are they going to go after anybody? Are they going to trade anybody? We, we had all these rumors last season, right? We had Raquel was like the biggest one. We thought he was going to go. He didn't. Manson was in there. Henrique was in there. Gibson was in there. I mean, there was uh, just names flying left and right uh, of, of rostered players that have been on the team for a few seasons. So that's my question. I, I really want to see what's going to happen come the end of this month and into August. What is this team going to do? I, I mean, I'm, I'm like I'm excited because we've seen a peak of some things that have changed. I'm optimistic for that part. But then, like you said, it's like the Ducks go do stuff and they get players to you know uh, replace somebody from a previous mistake that they did, or they get a guy that that was the player he was two three seasons ago and isn't that player now and doesn't work out. We've seen this time and time again. Uh, happen so it's like i am i'm optimistic uh cautiously because uh, there, there is stuff going on in the organization as we can see there's been moves being made at least in the admin and coaching and all that kind of stuff but i want to see is there going to be changes in the players and then of course come next season uh we got to see what's going to happen um with the division and how it's all going to work out and how they're going to play because uh last note too here before we close out and i'll let you chime in eddie we've got seattle coming in right they're going to come into the ducks uh division you got uh, arizona is going back or not going back but going to uh, the central division you have a regular season 82 games finally right getting back to some normalcy uh and whatnot with the teams all going back to the divisions and everything like that so there's no excuses next season right this last season the last two seasons well Pretty much last season's been all all weird or whatever, and, and then the season before was broken and then you know redone at the end with the, the playoff deal. But last season was all kind of all over the place. So this next year, you got all these changes, and if they make some player changes, you're back to the regular divisions, 82 game season, all that. There, there's, I mean, there's no room for excuses last year, but there's really no room for excuses going forward this next season. Eddie, what's your final thought before we wrap up the show? I'm glad the season's back to normal. I, I'm sorry. It, it, it was hard last season. It, I got burnt out. Uh, I, I hate to say that because I love this game. It just last season sucked. The way the division was ran, I don't. I, I didn't like it at all. It, it just seemed redundant, seemed boring. The, like some of the players didn't seem fully passionate about it. I'm looking forward to the 80 game, 82 game season back to the normal hockey, real hockey. I want to call it. I hope that the Ducks can bring some more passion. Like some of their games were extremely boring. Um, I hope we see changes uh, come next season, and I hope the Ducks play a lot better, and and we can go from there. It's going to be uh, exciting things with Seattle coming in. Bye bye Arizona. We have Seattle in our division now. I just hopefully we don't get embarrassed by them because the, the Vegas Golden Knights have been embarrassing us. But it, it's going to be fun to actually get this this back to normal and seeing what's going to happen. We have a lot of changes. Uh, with the Ducks coaching staff, and I just I I don't want to say how it could be worse, how the power play could be worse next season, but I said that last season before, and, and it still was bad. So, just I'm still excited to watch these games. I'm still excited to be there. I think there's going to be more, um, I guess, camaraderie with the team. They can actually go out and hang out together instead of just being locked in the room. And they really couldn't be caught socializing. They couldn't go out and have a beer together or do whatever they do together to bring that chemistry off the ice and to bring it on the ice 
So that's one thing I'm really looking forward to. I think chemistry is really important to this game. I think you don't have to be the best team out there, but if you had one of the best chemistries out there, it's going to perform on the ice. So that's one thing I'm really looking forward to. I'm looking forward to getting back to games regularly and not just uh, just attending the two of the five games, which I thank you for bringing to those, Mike. Those are those are really fun. So uh, I, hopefully it's going to be a better season. Um, I, I don't want to say it could be any worse, but I'll keep my final thought saying that I think, and I, I know you guys a lot. A lot of you guys have mentioned this. A lot of you guys put questions on this. I don't like to beat a dead duck, I guess, but... I think Murray needs to go. If not, this team's not going to find success. That's going to be my final thought. Um, yeah, that's, that's I'll leave it at that. Yeah, I mean, I'm with you there too. We got one more year of Aikens and Murray. Uh, like we said, changes being made in the, the coaching staff, but uh, what's going to happen with the player personnel? That's going to be coming up here in a couple weeks. I want to see what's going to happen with that. And, uh, you know, October will come around. It's all brand new season. See how the team does. I think they can only go up, uh, hopefully, like Eddie's saying. But the question is going to be how far will they go up? Uh, or will they, you know, stay in the bottom, unfortunately? I, I don't think they will. I think the Ducks will improve. But I don't think it's going to be, you know, as much as we want. So we'll just have to see, uh, you know, unless they do some crazy, you know, they did Tarasenko and Eichel and Stamkos all in the off. No, that's not going to happen. But <laughs> if they do some crazy stuff and, and bring in some key players and things like that, you know, that'll change our perspective. So we'll be back in a couple weeks. Get ready for the expansion draft, the entry draft. We have a, tons of articles, too, that are going to be coming out on those as well. And then we'll have a show uh, recapping the stuff after the fact. So uh, glad to be back. We'll try and have some more regular shows as stuff develops. And let's go Ducks!